Hey there, this is Dustin McLean. And Allie McLean. And we're pumped that you're joining with us today. And if you're a part of our Purpose Church family, whether in person or online, we'd love to connect with you via social media at ourpurpose.church on all social media outlets. And on our website at www.ourpurpose.church. We can get you plugged into a group, other giving options, and an opportunity to connect with the Purpose family all across Western Kentucky. And we hope today's message encourages you and inspires you. And so let's jump into the message. Yeah, come on, church. Can we give Jesus a big ovation of worship across this house? I love that. I love that. I love that. Hey, listen, I love that song. I love that the battle belongs to the Lord. And like I said earlier, we're in this series called Don't Give Up. And we started it last week, so you haven't missed a whole lot if you're just now jumping in. But I just want to encourage us. It comes from this idea, Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. And we're going to throw it up here on the screen. I'd love for us to read it together out loud, especially when we get to that last three, like four words that are at the bottom. All right, let me read it till we get there. And then when we get to that last three words together, I want you to shout them at the top of your lungs. I want you to shout them. Y'all good? You ready? Are you ready? About three of you. Amen. All right, here we go. Everybody, I'm going to need you. I'm going to read it, and when we get those last three words, let's shout it out. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. But at just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. One more time. Let's not get tired of doing what is good. But at just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we what? If we what? Don't give up. That's where this entire series comes from, this idea of Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. And Jake started reading it just a second ago, but I would love it if we just read together first peter there went a, a page of my bible falling out first peter chapter one starts in verse 13 it says this so prepare your minds for action somebody say get ready get ready get ready i like that and exercise self-control put all of your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when jesus christ is revealed to the world so you must live as obedient god's obedient children don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then, but now. Somebody shout, but now. But now you must be holy in everything that you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For the scriptures say, you must be holy because I am holy. And remember that the heavenly Father to whom you pray has no favorites. He will judge or reward you according to what you do. So you and I, guess what we got to do? We got to live in reverent fear of him during your time as temporary residents here on earth. For you know that God paid a ransom. This is what will make you shout a little bit. You know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life that you inherited from your ancestors. And it was not paid for by mere gold or silver silver which lose their value it was the precious blood where are we at right here i'm gonna jump up here the precious blood of christ the sinless spotless lamb of god i love that come on anybody thankful for jesus in this place right god chose him chose jesus as your ransom long before the world began but now in these last days, he's begun to reveal for your sake through Christ, you have come to trust in God. And you have placed your faith and hope in God because why? He raised Christ from the dead and gave him great glory. You were cleansed from your sins when you obeyed the truth. So now you must show sincere love.
love to each other as brothers and sisters. Love each other deeply with all of your heart. And I know Jake said it earlier, but the title of today's message, this week that we're going to talk about in 1 Peter, it's a call to holy living. A call to holy living. Let us pray. And then as you have a seat, I want you to make some noise for Jesus when I say amen. All right, Jesus, we thank you for today. We're so grateful for you. We're so honored to be able to serve you and read about you and talk about you. And so, God, we just pray today that your spirit would speak to us. God, you would be the mouthpiece of what comes out of this microphone, over the airwaves, on the internet, wherever this might land. God, that your word would go forth. Not a word of a man, not a word of a church, but a word of the everlasting God would go forth today. We love you. We honor you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And everybody said, I said everybody said, amen, amen. One more time. Let's give it up for King Jesus in this place. And you guys go ahead and have a seat, have a seat, have a seat, have a seat. I'm so glad that you're here. Thank you so much for spending some time with us today. I I, I don't know about you, uh, but is anybody out there, I'm just going to ask this question. I'm going to see a show of hands. You can wave at me. How many of y'all have ever had a moment in your life, you ever had a moment where you remember like from that time on, things were different? You know what I'm talking about? Like just one of those moments. Anybody ever had one of those wave at me in the room, all right? I think we all have. I think we've all been there before. I think a few of those back in my life, as I look back on my life, a couple of those would be uh, this idea of the first time that your boy ever shaved. Come on, somebody. First time I ever shaved my, it was 17. But I remember it like it was yesterday. You know what I'm saying? Ain't got a lot of facial hair. I just remember that was a moment in time that was a game changer. You know what I'm talking about? All right, y'all got to loosen up a little bit in here today. Everybody okay? Everybody's taking a deep breath in. Just breathe it out. All right, everybody feeling good? All right, good. So, so I think about that. There's, that's a moment in time that changed like forever, right? Uh, I think about honestly when Allie and I got married, okay? So we got married uh, May 19th. Uh, 2012, okay, so we're coming up, we just had nine years that we celebrated together, we're coming up on 10 years, come on somebody, give it up for Allie, come on, I love that, I don't know how she put up with me that long, but I'm grateful, but from that time on, obviously something shifted, something changed from that moment forward, right, I think about the first time that I ever had a, a child, right, our first kiddo, come on, where all the parents sat in the room, wave at me, all right, you know what that's like, Whenever you go from that, like having no children to actually having a child, it is a game-changing moment, right? It's one of those forever changing on the inside of you. I mean, your life is forever different now that you've had this child, now that you've experienced marriage, now that you shaved your face for the first time. Those are a couple things for me that I just think about when I think about this idea of, of, of game-changing moments in my life. And I just got to thinking, I think all of us have had those I think all of us have those and experience those and feel those and all of that that takes place. And that you can pinpoint a time in your life where you say, you know what, from that dream on, something was different. From that conversation on, something was different. From that experience on, something was different. And what I just began to believe as I was thinking through some of that is the fact that I believe that for all of us that say we are a Christ follower, that we can say the exact same thing about our life with Jesus, right? That we can say, you know what, from that experience on, from that forgiveness on, from that relationship with Jesus on, my life, my pain, my struggles, the thing I walk through, everything that I encounter in my life, guess what? Something is different now because I have a relationship with Jesus. Is there anybody thankful that no matter what you walk through, no matter what it feels like, no matter what we come up against, that we can look back on that game-changing moment of salvation on your 
life and say, you know what, ever since that time, my life has been different. Is there anybody here who's thankful for Jesus in that moment? I think we got to be thankful. And I think what Peter, as we study this, we see what Peter is doing. And just so you know, we have these don't give up journals. If you would like one of those, stop by the Connect Corner on the way out. Some of you grabbed them last week. That's awesome. We've got a few more out there. Obviously, we'd love for you to walk through this together this summer where we're walking through the book of 1 Peter together. So we're here for another eight weeks. Y'all good with that? Everybody okay with that? Yeah, okay, cool. So it's going to be fun together. We're going to walk through this together. And so Peter... What Peter's trying to get across in his letter to you and I is that the church he's writing to them and they are at a crossroads of their faith, right? They've got culture pulling at them. They've got culture saying, hey, come follow everything that we're telling you to do. Come do the things that we're calling you to do. Come live the way that I want, like the world wants them to live. So that's going on in the church. And then Peter is writing to them. And you know what he's saying? He's saying, don't give up. Right? Don't give up on the things that God has told you. Don't give up on the things that you've experienced since you knew Jesus, since you believed on Jesus. You can't give up. Don't give in. Don't do that. And so we talked a little bit about that last week. We talked about this thing called salvation that Jesus offers us, that literally there's hope in the midst of anything that you and I walk through because of what Jesus did, right? I think about the scripture that we read last week, is, and it's kind of just the clause that just hangs our hat on everything that we do at Purpose Church. It's because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, right? It's because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead that we can have hope. It's because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead that we can walk through pain. We can walk through struggles. And you know what? It may be hard, but guess what? There is a purpose and there's a hope that we can have in the middle of whatever we're walking through. So that's what we talked about last week. If you missed it, I would encourage you to go back, watch it online, or check it out on the podcast as you're driving down the road. But this week... What I want to just challenge us, that's kind of the first half of the first chapter. But what Peter begins to do is he begins to explain that because of your faith in Jesus, that because you have faith in God, because you believe that Jesus Christ was dead, he died, he was buried, and he was resurrected, now some things begin to change in your life. So, so when you believe, what happens is, is that belief dictates your behavior. Okay, so I want you to write that down. I want you to write it down. That belief dictates your and my behavior. I think we need to understand that. I think we got to understand that let's not get it twisted, y'all, because our efforts in and of and by themselves are empty. God doesn't want your behavior, right? God doesn't want my behavior. He wants my belief. He wants my faith. He wants my trust in him. And as I trust in God, as I trust in Jesus, guess what happens? The behavior begins to take care of itself. The behavior begins to walk out. The, be, the things that I'm, I'm called to do or I'm supposed to do begin to actually take place. You know why? Because my belief is built on the right thing. So I think we've got to understand that because what happens so many times is the church and what we've done a terrible job at uh, as a whole uh, of the church is that we look at the world. We look at people that don't believe in Jesus and we want to point out, hey, why are y'all acting that way? You know what I'm saying? Why, why, why are you behaving like that? Why are you talking like that? Why are you doing all of that? What's going on? Why are you doing that? We have to understand that the belief has to become before the behavior. we got to understand that I don't think that that's the message that will change the world for the gospel. You know the world is going to be changed whenever we realize that John 3.16, For God so loved the world 
world, that he gave his one and only son, that anybody who believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. To me, that is the, what the world is searching for. They're not searching for somebody to tell them what they, the, their behavior looks like. No, no, they're searching for something to believe in. And guess what? We've got the answer to the, the answer to a dark world, a hopeless world. We've got the answer, and his name is Jesus. Is there anybody thankful that we know the answer, that we worship the answer, and that we get a chance to introduce that to people? I love that. I think belief dictates behavior, and this is what Peter's trying to get at, is what we just read together in 1 Peter from 13 through verse 25, that he's trying to get across to you and I that there was a game-changing moment when you said yes to Jesus, and because you said yes to Jesus, guess what? Now things look different in a few areas of your life. That's what we're going to walk through today, and I want to challenge us with some things today, so I want you to write these things down. I want you to write them down. That, okay, now that I know Jesus, or maybe you don't know Jesus, first of all, maybe you're watching online. Can we put our hands together and welcome everybody that's watching online? I love that. Listen on the podcast. Maybe you don't believe in Jesus. Well, I, I, I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad you're watching. I'm so glad you're listening. Because I want you to understand something is that, again, we want to challenge you. We want to encourage you that God loves you so much that he wants a relationship with you. He wants to do life with you. He wants to forgive you of your sin where you've messed up. And he has incredible hope waiting on the other side of your belief. But it starts with belief in Jesus. And again, when you put your faith and trust in Jesus, when you and I believe in Jesus, there's going to be some things that change after that. All right? So these are the things I want you to write down. We're going to walk through them together. There's five of them. Somebody hold up five fingers like this. All right, number one is this idea. I want you to write it down that you and I, once we know Jesus, guess what happens? You and I have a new call to action. So we have a call to action. I want you to see that from the very first sentence that we read together in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13. The Bible tells us right there. It says, so prepare your minds for what? Okay, that ain't no action that y'all just was throwing out there. Prepare your minds for what? Action. action right? Prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. I love the Passion Translation puts it like this. So then prepare your hearts and your minds for action. Somebody say, get ready, get ready, get ready. I love that. See, I love the King James Version. We're going to throw it back to the King Jimmy Version. This is what the King James Version said. It says this, gird up the loins of your mind. Come on, somebody. I think we need to bring that title or that, that phrase back, right? I don't know about y'all, but I like that. Gird up your loins. Gird up the loins of your mind. What does that even mean? Right, the, the, back in the day, they'd have these long, like, dresses, pretty much they'd be wearing. Dudes, girls, everybody be wearing these long outer garments. And so if there was ever a time where there was work to be done, if there was ever a time where they would be walking somewhere, if there was ever a time where a task had to be taken care of, they would take up that, they'd hike up that dress, you know what I'm saying? And they would tie it around their loins or their kidneys, their waist, and they would get to work. That's the way that they would do that. They would go to work. What is Peter telling us whenever he is saying, hey, gird up the loins of your mind. Prepare your hearts and your mind for action. What's he saying? He's saying, hey, you got to give this your full attention. Now that you know Jesus, I want you to know that now you have a mandate to go out there and do something about it. That you and I have been given a new call, a new purpose, a new action for you and I to go out and make a difference with. What is that? I think Jesus himself actually told us that before he left earth, right? And you got to understand that one of the last things that Jesus said is this. 
wouldn't you think and wouldn't you just imagine for just a second that if it was the last words of somebody here on earth, they got to be important, right? You know, this means yes in Kentucky. Come on, y'all gonna have, I know the air conditioning's not on, doesn't have a little ambient noise. I need y'all to make some noise today, okay? All right, like, like I want you to know that like, like Jesus is telling us, these are the last words that he says, and he says this in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. You know what he says? Here's the call to action. Once you know me, here's what you're called to do. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit. You know the action, the calling that we have on our life is to go tell everybody we know about Jesus. Go make a difference for Jesus no matter where he's called you to go. And I would just ask you, church, I would just beg you, I would just plead with you today, would you and I be willing to not take the summer off to where we just kind of coast through the summer and say, ah, you know, people on vacation, people are out, they probably won't come to church if I asked them, they probably won't do this. Would you and I, would you and I sign up, re-sign up for the call of God that is on your life? Would we be willing to say, you know what, as a member of Purpose Church, somebody going to Purpose Church, listen, I want to re-sign up to the call of action that's on my life for God. Would we be a church that decides in the middle of the summer that we're signing up to do whatever it takes? You know why? Because as we talked about last week, we're chosen people living as foreigners in this land, that we're going to use everything, every bread every ability, every opportunity to say yes to the things of God and to build his church. Would we be a church that says that? Would we be a people that says, yes, I'm signing up for that? Let's do whatever we got to do to make Murray look like heaven and connect people to Jesus and help them live on purpose. Am I the only one in here signing up for that? Or are we going to sign up together for that? Yeah. I think we all got to get ready. Got to get ready, get ready, get ready because we know Jesus. Because Peter spends the first half of 1 Peter chapter 1 talking about the hope that we have in Jesus, salvation that we have in Jesus. Therefore, now you have a new call to action. Now you got to go and do something about it. All right, I like that. I like that a lot. It's a call to action. It's a call to do something. You know Jesus, therefore you have a new call to action. All right, cool. Belief dictates behavior. What else does my faith in Jesus call me to do? The number two, I want you to hold up number two, peace. All right, then I like that. It's a, you have a call to holiness. You have a call to holiness. Look what 1 Peter chapter 1, what Peter's writing to us, verse 14 through 16 says, So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. I think we all could pause right there and say, you know what? There was definitely a time in my life where that's what I was doing. Definitely a time in my life where I was living for my own desires. I was living to please Dustin McLean. And what first and what Peter's just writing to us is encouraging us, hey, don't slip back into that. Don't, don't slip back into that call. That was before you knew Jesus. That was before you knew about the salvation for your soul that Jesus offers. And therefore, like I want you to do this. Don't, don't, you didn't know any better back then, he said. But now, or another word, therefore, okay? But now you gotta see it. You must be holy in everything that you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For the scripture says, you must be holy because I am holy. We need to bring that word holy back, don't y'all think? I think that word holy needs to just have a little bit more reference in our world today. And I just want you to understand, you probably think, okay, what does holy mean? What does that even mean? Well, when we say God is holy, you know what that means? It means that he is set apart. 
And he is, he is on a total another level than anything that we could ever imagine. When God is holy, like when the angels are gathered around the throne and they're saying holy, 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 when something's mentioned three times, that means the perfect, like the perfection of holy is what God is. Right, so he's set apart. Now, I'm not talking about you being perfect, but I am talking about this. Whenever we're called to be holy, what does that look like? I want you to write this down. It's the call to live differently. Right, it's a call to live holy. It's just a call to live differently. That you and I are called as, as people to live a holy life, a.k.a. to walk like Jesus walked, to do what Jesus did, to follow him like what Jesus would do. And, and again, why, why is holiness important? Why do we have this new call on our life? Because of this, you want to know why? How can we ever make a difference in this world if we don't live differently in this world? Make sense? Let me say it again. How, how are you and I ever going to make a difference in this world if we don't live different than the world? I think we got to understand that. I think we've got to see that, that God is calling us to live differently. Why? Because he wants us to go out there and have influence on culture. wants to go out there and not be influenced, but to have influence, right? That we're to, we're to imitate God, that we're to be out there. We're so, okay, God, I want your heart. I want to act like you like act. I want to do the things that you want me to do. I want to serve the people like you served me, God. I want to have the heart and the mind and the attitude of Christ. I want to, in a situation that looks like it's hopeless, I want to be able to have some hope right up in the middle of it, right? That's what we're asking when we're saying, hey, you know what? I'm signing up to this call of holiness. You know what that got me thinking about? That got me thinking that you and I have to live countercultural. We got to live different than the world. And I think about how many of y'all love to pool in the summer? Come on, somebody. Everybody is 98 degrees outside, not the boy band, but like 98 degrees. Some of y'all are like, oh, who is 98 degrees? I don't even know. Okay, look them up. Don't look them up. They'll break your heart. Okay. So like, like it's hot outside. You get in the pool. Y'all remember as a kid, you get in grandmama's pool and you'd go around in a circle. Y'all know what I'm talking about? You create that whirlpool. Y'all remember doing that? Like, oh, grandmama ain't got nothing but us. We got 28 grandkids. We running around this thing. We creating our own swimming pool together, right? And, you know, like get this cyclone going on. How, how many of y'all remember ever turning around and trying to walk the other direction? Y'all remember that? Remember how hard that was? Remember how difficult that was? That's the same thing that God is asking you and I to do in a world that wants to go one direction. God is calling you and I to walk in the opposite direction, to walk differently, to live differently. And how many of you know that if you walked in the wrong direction for a long enough time, what would happen is, is that, 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 that spin that's going on, it would begin to cease a little bit. You know why? Because you're having some influence on it. You're having some influence on the direction that it's going. And so I just think that's what when we say a call to holy, that's what God is asking us to do, to live differently. And I think about this bracelet that I got on my wrist. Speaking of grandmama when I was a kid going to her house and swimming, how many of y'all had like 48 of these WWJD bracelets? Come on. I know you did. I know all the, all the like, like, I mean, I, I had all kinds of them. I'd cry like to get them. I mean, all different colored ones. I mean, all kinds of them. I had a drawer full. And uh, in our first time boxes that we have just celebrating you, we give these things out to everybody that comes for the very first time. And again, I want us to think about it. This right here, the bracelet itself doesn't allow us to live a holy life, right? Like, like what would Jesus do? That's what WWJD stands for, right? And there's a, some more that are out there called He Would Love First, right? H-W-L-F. Okay, I had to get there. He Would Love First. But, but I like this WWJD 
bracelet. And just ask that question of what would Jesus do? You know how you live a holy life? Is that your heart and your mind are prepared for action to ask that question. God, what would you do? Jesus, what would you do in this situation? Jesus, how would you respond in the midst of this trial? How would you keep going when you felt like giving up? Like, Jesus, what would you do in this situation? And I just believe that no more than, like, wearing it on your wrist, yeah, that's not making you holy. But I think it's a reminder. I think it's something that you and I can have on our wrist or have on our life, but but more importantly, have on my spirit, have on my heart, have on my mind. God, what would you do? Jesus, what would you do in this situation? That's living differently. That's living countercultural. That's what we're called to do. Does that make sense? It means yes in Kentucky. Come on, all my friends in the room from Kentucky. Okay. Or Tennessee. Tennessee means this too. Yeah, okay. All right. All right. So I want us to understand that. So now that we know Jesus, if you have a relationship with Jesus, you and I are called to action. We're called to a life of holiness. That doesn't mean perfection. Let me, let me share something with you. Look at me really quick. It does not mean perfection. You and I will never achieve perfection this side of heaven. We never will. Never will. But that doesn't mean that I'm not going to strive to be that. doesn't mean I'm going to strive to be like Jesus. What would Jesus do in that situation? I want to I I do whatever you want me to do. I want to have the heart that you have in this situation, King Jesus, right? That's what living differently is. That's what living a holy life is. The next thing, because we met Jesus, what's Peter trying to tell us? I think he's telling us that we have a call to see God differently. We've got a call to see God differently. I'm going to take a drink. It's going to be awkward for about five seconds. Awesome. So we've got a call to see God differently. I don't know about you, but look what Scripture says. I love what it says. It says in 1 Peter, verse 17, this is chapter 1, it says that, hey, remember that the heavenly Father to whom you pray has no favorites. He will judge or reward you according to what you do. Watch what he says right here. So you must live in reverent fear of him during your time as temporary residence. Then he goes on to explain why we should do that. Watch this. He says, you got to understand, for you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life that you inherited from your ancestors. And it was not paid for with mere gold or silver, which lose their value. Come on, church. It was paid for with the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. That's good news for us. I didn't have to pay for it. Jesus paid for it, right? I love that. God chose him as our ransom long before the world began, but... Now, in these last days, he has been revealed for your sake. Through Christ, you have come to trust in God, and you've placed your faith and your hope in God because he raised Christ from the dead and gave him great glory. I think what that should do is our salvation should give us a new perspective on God, a different view of God. I heard that back in the day, Billy Graham, uh, Pastor Billy Graham, just a great evangelist, just passed away a few years ago, and I, I heard that whenever he would walk into a room, like he was a man of humility, he was a man of honor, he was just a man that meant people revered and looked up to and just thought a whole lot of, and when uh, Pastor Billy Graham would walk into a room, did you know that the presence of the room changed? You know what I'm talking about? Like, like you know anybody that's technically in a seat of authority? I, I'm, a, I'm a guy that loves to honor, right? Respect is earned, but honor is given. That's why we say honor is our posture at Purpose Church. I want you to know that, that you can imagine if Billy Graham or somebody of influence walked into here, kind of the room changes a little bit, doesn't it? This is idea changes just a little bit. Well, I got to thinking about that, that that would take place with him. And this is what it got me thinking about. As we put our faith 
and our hope and our trust in Jesus, you know what it should do? It should give us a new perspective of God that we serve because we realize that his presence changes everything. That his presence will change a room. That his presence will change a past. That his presence will change a future and a purpose on the inside. And what Peter is saying right there, in the same breath, he says, hey, you need to see God as father, but you also need to have reverent fear of God. That kind of seems a little contradictory, doesn't it? Like, like, it just seems a little bit like, oh, well, I don't know if those really go together, but actually they complement each other so well. You know why? Because I think about it in the fact that God is so intimate. He's so into the details that he knows every thought about you before you even think about the thought. He knows every hair that you have on your head. Some of y'all, that ain't too hard to count, but we'll talk about that some other time, right? Like, like, he knows everything that there is about you. I want you to know that that's how intimate our God is. And so he's Father God, but in the same breath, you know what we should have? We should have reverent fear for him. Why? Because Peter goes on to tell us, for you know that this gift called salvation, guess what? It wasn't bought with silver and gold. This gift of salvation was bought at a precious price and a ransom was paid. That Jesus, guess what? He didn't have to die for you and I, but he did anyway. He didn't have to take 39 beatings with the cat of nine tail, stripped down in front of everybody in the city, mocked and spit on. And hey, if you're really the son of God that you say you are, won't you do what only you can do and like save yourself? Guess what? He didn't have to do that for you and I, but he did. And so what happens is sometimes I think we need to take just a step in deeper about the price that Jesus paid for us. Because when you think about the price that Jesus paid, you and I can't help but live in reverent fear for the one that we serve. God, thank you for loving me. God, you did that for me. Thank you so much for forgiving me. Thank you. I'm going to live in reverent fear of, of God. Not only are you so loving as a father, you are a re- I have reverent fear for you because guess what? You hold the entire world in your hands. You hold everything together by a word of your mouth, all of it's following your word. That's crazy to me. You spoke it. You ain't had to like re-spin the earth again on its axis like a basketball. I had to do that again. It was one word he spoke it and it's still going on. That's some reverent fear that I have for God, but I also realize that, you know what, he is a loving father. And so what this salvation that we have in God and in Jesus is, is to change our perspective. We should see God a little bit differently. It shouldn't push us away from him. It actually should draw us into him. Does that make sense? Make sense? means yes in Kentucky. All right, cool. Love it. Last two points and I'm done. And Kyle, if you don't mind coming up here, that would be awesome, my friend. But the next thing, because of Jesus... I want you to know that you and I, we have a call to grow. That because of this salvation in Jesus, not only are we called to action, not only called to go out and make a difference, but you and I are called to grow. It's what we're called to do, and I think it's so important for you and I to understand. Watch what it says in verse 23 through 25, and then even jumping over into chapter 2. This is what the Bible says in verse number 1 through 3 after that. Peter lines out how we grow As we seek God, he says this in verse 23, For you have been born again. You've been saved, but not for a life that will quickly end. Your new life will last forever because it comes from the eternal living word of God. And as the scriptures say, people are like grass. Their beauty is like a flower in the field. The grass withers and the flowers fade But the word of the Lord, I love that one word as I was growing up, I always said the word of the Lord endures forever. 
it, it just keeps going. That's the word of the Lord. And Peter reminds us that guess what? Our new identity is in Jesus. It's in this never-ending word of God. Did you know that Jesus is also referred to as the word? No, he's also referred to as the word of God, that, that, that he was the word made flesh. And so this behavior that's changing in me, it's changing because I believed in Jesus. It's not just changing so I clean myself up. It's not just changing my behavior so God will finally accept me. No, no, no. I surrender to you, God. I surrendered my life to you, Jesus. So now what I want to do, I want to grow. I want you to change me. I want you to encourage me. How are we going to do that? We don't want to do it like, like the Bible tells us right there. It's not a seed like a blade of grass. That's just going to be here today and kind of blown tomorrow, gone. It's not like a flower that will wither and fade. No, it's the everlasting seed of the Word of God that cannot be destroyed. That's why it's so important that you and I look to the Word of God. That's why it's so important that we get this journal out together. We say, you know what, as I read this tomorrow, as you catch up tomorrow or today, as we do those things together, guess what we're investing in? We're investing in the eternal Word of God. That this will not return void, as the Bible tells us. And if you want to grow, the Bible goes on to tell us that we got to be like newborn babies, craving spiritual milk, pure spiritual milk, so that you will grow. That's a promise. You see that right there? That's a promise that you will grow if you and I will crave spiritual, pure spiritual milk. I love that. We'll grow into a full experience of salvation. Cry out for this nourishment now that you've had a taste of the Lord's kindness. You know what? We've been rooted in this never-ending seed of the Word of God, and that seed is going to begin to grow inside of us as we crave pure spiritual milk. What is that? What's pure spiritual milk that we need to be craving? The Word of God, this right here together, prayer, worship, doing life with other people, saying, you know what, I don't have it all together today. I, don't, I, I, I haven't had it all together this week. I'm just being real. I'm being honest. I'm being transparent. I'm being open. I want you to be able to speak into me. I want you to be able to say, hey, I, I think you can do it. Don't give up. Don't give up right in the middle of it. Don't give up on your faith. Don't give up on your salvation, the fact that Jesus saved you. You can't give up on that. You got to keep going. You got to keep moving forward. You got to keep growing. And I believe that's what Peter is encouraging us to do. Hey, because you know Jesus, you know what you need to do? You got a new call to action. Belief's going to change your behavior. So before you believed, you weren't, you didn't have no call to action. It was just do whatever you want to do, do kind of your own thing. Okay, now if you know Jesus, you're called to action. Let's go out there and make a difference for Jesus wherever he calls us to go. Number two, we're called to live differently. We're called to live holy lives, the holiness, being, being set apart from this world, different from this world, not in a judgmental way, not in a way that I'm better than you. No, no, no. We live differently so that we can make a difference in this life. Think about that. I think about the next thing that I come, I come to, and I've already forgotten about it, but I'm glad you wrote it down. So I did too. A call to see God differently. we got to see God differently. Because of salvation, I now see him as a loving father, and I also have reverent fear for him because, man, he holds everything together. The whole world on an axis by one word that he spoke. And I have reverent fear. I see God differently. Now that I have a relationship with God, I'm called to grow. And the last thing, I think that we can say, we can talk about, is that you and I have a call to show grace to others. A call to show grace to others. 
Look at what 1 Peter verse 22 says. 1 Peter 1 verse 22 says, You were cleansed from your sins when you obeyed the truth. Right? So you had salvation. You believed in Jesus. Guess what? You were cleansed of your sins. Therefore, now you got to do this. Watch this. Now you must show sincere love to each other as brothers and sisters. Love each other deeply with all of your heart. I love that word deeply right there. Deeply is kind of that means to strain, to get after it, like to not give up, to let every muscle in my body be known for loving deeply, for serving deeply, for showing grace deeply. Then watch what he says, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1. It says, so get rid of all evil behavior, be done with all deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, and all unkind speech. You know what the Lord just showed me just now? All of those descriptives right there are, are, are descriptives of, of how we treat other people. I'm jealous, not of myself. I'm jealous of them. I, 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 I'm going to be deceitful. I'm not going to be deceitful because I, I want what I want. I'm going to be deceitful because I don't want them to get it. Or I, I'm going to take care of myself and not somebody else. Jealousy, hypocrisy. I'm going to live one way and I'm going to talk about them if they don't. All unkind speech. right? We can be unkind in our speech to ourselves, but most of the time it's towards other people. But I believe that God is calling you and I to say, you know what? No, no, no. Because I'm different. Because I had a game-changing moment of belief. Because I have my faith and trust in Jesus. I have a new call to show grace to other people. That's what we're called to do. Those are five things. Somebody hold up five things. I love that. I want you to do that. I want to encourage you in that. I want to challenge you in that. Let's dig in this week together in this. And I think about uh, when, when Jesus was talking to Peter. Y'all know the, 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 obviously the author of this, this book is this guy named Peter. And what he did um, uh, uh, was crazy just what he did for the Lord. But also he had some rough times too. But I love Jesus and the fact that he encouraged Peter in, in Luke chapter 22 verse 32. Peter, he knew what Peter was going to do. He knew what he was going to walk through. He knew he was going to deny Jesus. He knew all of that. God, God, he knew that. Jesus knew that. But watch what he says. And I love this. It says, but I have prayed for you, Peter, that you would stay faithful to me no matter what comes. What's that sound like? Don't give up. She wouldn't give up, Peter. Don't give up. Watch this. Remember this. After you have turned back to me, and have been restored, right? Because Peter, he denied Jesus three times. I don't even know that guy. I don't want nothing to do with him right before he died on the cross. Watch, when you have been turned back to me and have been restored, watch what it says. Make it your life. Make it your action. Make it your life mission to strengthen the faith of your brothers. You know what I love about that? Who knew? And I bet Peter never dreamed in his whole life that the never-ending seed and the word of God and the relationship that he had with Jesus and this game-changing moment where restoration happened, salvation took place, and he was in a relationship with Jesus. Like, I don't know if he would ever be able to explain like, like the fact is that he is speaking to a church in Murray, Kentucky, 2,000-plus years later, encouraging the brothers and sisters to go out there and live on mission for Jesus. But guess what? That is the power of having a life-changing moment and walking out your faith. So let me challenge you. Have you ever experienced that life-changing moment in Jesus? If so, are you walking out your faith?
I think there's five ways that we can walk out our faith that we just talked about. I encourage you, take those with you as we pray over those. Let's walk through those together as we see what God is going to do with us. As you see that God is still calling us, still moving, still doing unbelievable things. Thank you, Jesus, for what he's doing. And if you're in this room or you're watching online and it's safe for you if you're watching or driving, would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Be careful about putting all your stuff down just for a second. Just be real, real still. I want to talk to you for just a second. If you maybe are in this room and you don't know Jesus, you don't have a relationship with God, the Bible tells us that Jesus, again, Peter's telling us, hey, it all goes back to the cross. It all goes, excuse me, goes back to a relationship with Jesus. And he's encouraging you and I. He's telling us, hey, you know what? Your behavior is good, but that ain't good enough. Right? You and I can't live good enough. We can't be perfect enough. We can't do anything enough in order to achieve the salvation that comes from Jesus. We can't do it. It's only by believing in Jesus. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, For by grace that you have been saved. It's not something of yourself. So you can't boast about it. I can't boast about it. It's only by the finished work of Jesus. Maybe you're in here and you need to say yes to Jesus. Maybe you're watching online you need to say yes to Jesus. We love that you're watching. I love that you're here. Now it's time to apply. Now it's time to apply the word. You've heard it. You've observed it. You've read it. We've talked about it. Now let's apply what we've read today. Maybe you're needing a relationship with Jesus. That You're walking in here. You're watching online. And you're broken, far from God. That's what sin does. The Bible says that if we would put our faith and trust in Jesus, believe that he was crucified, believe that he died, that he was buried, and that he raised from the dead. If we'll do that, confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, that we will be saved. Maybe that's you and you need to do that today. I'm going to encourage you to pray something like this. Pray it very simply. Pray it just like it. Or pray in your own words. Tell Jesus what you need him to do. Jesus, would you save me? Would you forgive me of my sins? Would you come in my life? Would you help me live for you? Would you help me uh, uh, not give up in the middle of craziness, not give up in the trial, but to always remember that game-changing moment right now where I said yes to you. I say yes to you, Jesus. I ask you to come in my life. I believe what you did on the cross. I believe that you were died, buried, but you are alive, and we will celebrate that every day for the rest of my life as I'm trying to tell as many people about you as I can. Maybe you're in here. Maybe you're watching online. I just want to tell you, if you just prayed that, you just made the best decision that you'll ever make in your life. And we're a church that celebrates. Celebration's our response. If you're in this room and you just made that decision, come on, can we put our hands together for the people that just said yes to a relationship with Jesus? Come on, y'all could be a little louder than that. Y'all could be a little louder than that if you're watching online. We're just so thankful for you. And maybe you're in this room and you just said yes to a relationship with Jesus. Here's what I'm going to ask of you. Is that right now, would you stand to your feet if you said yes to Jesus? And would you make your way to this wall over here? Uh, We've got either wall in this room right now. We've got our team that would love to celebrate with you, give you a Bible. And our team's going to be moving, getting ready for second experience. So if you're not going to be the only one moving, I just want you to know that. Man, I'm so grateful for you. I'm so thankful that three people last week said yes to a relationship with Jesus. That three people said, I'm not giving up on my life. I'm going to give my life up to Jesus. And I'm so grateful that we get a chance to celebrate that. I love that. I love that. I love that. Why don't we do this, church? Why don't we lift our heads up? Why don't we stand to our feet? Can we give Jesus one more big ovation as we stand to our feet in this place? Come on. That only a king is worthy of and only God is worthy of. Come on. Give it up for King Jesus. I love that. I love that. Why don't you high five somebody next to you and say, don't give up. Don't give up. High five them. 
High five them. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Well, hey, I'm so glad that you're here. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for being a part of Purpose Search. And I'll just tell you right now, we're going to continue worshiping by giving. Uh, this is something that we believe as in and as a church, that we're a, a generous church. Generosity is our privilege. And so our usher team is going to come forward. If you don't mind, just start passing those offering containers around. And I'll just tell you, if this is your first time, the only thing, we don't want anything from you. We just would love to know your name. We'd love to know your story. If you could just fill out that card, drop it in the offering container, or stop by the, the first time tent outside, we'd love to meet you. Love to get to know your name. That would be awesome. And again, if you're passing around there, I, I, me and Allie, we would pass it around too because we don't give in the offering containers. We give online. And so maybe you do give by check or cash or whatever you do. We give online or maybe you give by text. I'll just tell you, whichever way that you do that, thank you for uh, your generosity. So last week, we had, I, I just said it a few seconds ago, we had three people give their life to Jesus last Sunday. Can we celebrate that together? Isn't that incredible? May we never get tired of celebrating life change together. Not only that, we saw three people go public with their faith. And I got to thinking about it. In a public school, on a, on a public school's ground, we saw three people give their life to Jesus and three people go public with their faith. And I just wanted to be a guy that would stand before you guys and say, you know what? That is only God. Right, that we're in a public place and we're able to do that. Man, thank God that we get the opportunity to see that take place. Man, I'm proud of you. Proud of you for digging in. Let's keep digging into what God is doing. Let's keep doing what God has called us to do. And I'll just tell you, as a church, we're we're very passionate about outreach. We're very passionate about generosity, not only with our time, but with our, our, our finances and our, our resources. I'll tell you about something that we're going to be uh, doing in just a few weeks. It's on July 4th. How many of y'all are ready for some fireworks? Come on, somebody, right? All right, good. It's going to be fun. Um, I'll tell you that day. It's going to be special for our church. We've never done it like this. Uh, but that day, July 4th, we are taking that Sunday. We're not taking it off, but we're going to be the hands and feet of Jesus. We're not going to be having services in here. We're going to be serving our community all day serve day. Come on, somebody, right? Uh, so so it'll actually be happening in a couple shifts, uh, and I'm excited about that, and I hope you are excited about that. We're going to be all over Murray, Kentucky in our red I Love My City shirts, and we're going to be out there serving our community on a day where a lot of people may be celebrating. Obviously, we're going to celebrate the freedom that we get to have in this country, but I'll just tell you even more so than that, we're going to celebrate, we're going to serve, we're going to do whatever we can to make sure that Murray, Kentucky knows that Purpose Church loves God, and we love other people, and we love this place, and we're for you, and we're we're going to do whatever we can to see people meet Jesus. So we're going to get outside the four walls of Purpose Church, and on July 4th, we're going to go serve. We're going to meet here at the beginning, and then we're going to disperse from there. So just make that. That's a couple weeks from now. Just know that we'll walk through that together uh, online. Even I'll kind of share some things over the next couple of weeks of what that will look like. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. Shout out to our outreach team. So thankful for them. Uh, but, man, I hope you have an incredible week. Let me pray for you, and then I will see you back next Sunday. All right, Jesus, thank you for today. God, I pray you bless my friends, that you keep them, that you turn your face towards them, that you shine your favor upon them, and that this week, no matter what comes their way, no matter who they run into or come up against, God, that you would give them peace. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And everybody in the room said, I said, everybody said, amen, amen. Have a great week. See you next Sunday. Thank you so much again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps out so much. For more content and information, head over to ourpurpose.church. We love you guys and hope you have a great week on purpose.